Hi, and welcome to the Virtually Yours podcast, Outsourcing Mysteries Exposed, the no BS hustle-free podcast for business owners who outsource or provide outsourcing services. I'm your host, Rosie Shiloh, virtual assistant advocate and owner of Virtually Yours, the virtual assistant network. Let's get started. All right. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the podcast, Outsourcing Mysteries Exposed. And I am so, so excited that the gorgeous Sonia Statman, yes, Sonia Statman is here (laughs) us today. (laughs) And I, I love all of the things that Sonia does. And one of the things we have in common is that we're very passionate about empowering women in the work that we do and supporting them as best we can. So there's a real instant synergy there. Um, as soon as I actually discovered you on Facebook, in a Facebook group, can't remember which one it was, and there was a post that you did um, around uh, avoiding the whole focus on um, solely focusing on money as your driver mm-hmm. and and the people who sell that as a, as a product, basically, and um, and that's what inspired me to to say, oh my gosh, we so need to have lunch. Um, <laughs> and then the conversation ended up being really, really interesting because I actually found your views um, around money and women in business to be really, really um, helpful for me and very interesting. And I thought it'd be great for you or for my audience if you would uh, be willing to share some of that gold with us today. I am so honored to be here. I love having conversations with you. So this is easy. This is just a good conversation between friends. I love it. I got my herbal tea. Have you got a beverage there? I've got my water. Oh, Had no. enough coffee and tea for today. Oh, I'm detoxing apparently. My husband's a personal trainer, so I've got water with lemon in it and peppermint tea. And usually I would be up to like my 15th cup of cocoa by now. So <laughs> So I'm just like, what is this world? Ah." So one, so can you just share with my audience a little bit about what Sonia Statman does? Yeah, I would love to be honored. So I've been a business coach and mentor for about the last two decades. And my focus is on really helping women in service businesses specifically um, streamline their business and grow it in a way that's just more aligned with who they are. I think that there's a lot of burnt out women in the world uh, trying to operate a business, trying to navigate family. And I think the way that we've been taught to operate a business, the way we've been taught to market, the way we've been taught with sales is just really in misalignment with who a lot of us are. And I think it leads to a lot of exhaustion. It leads to a lot of failure, you know, and so there's all these amazing women who are not succeeding in business. And my mission is to totally shift that. Oh, I love that. And and with that sort of environment that we're in, there's so many women who are lacking confidence because the messages they're receiving are, you know, that they're a failure. And, and we know that they are not. They have so much yeah. to offer. So true. And, and what's happening is that a lot of people are not talking about the reasons that women aren't succeeding. And it's not because they're failures and it's not because they're not good enough. And it's not because they're not incredibly immensely valuable. It's because they're either, you know, just trying to do a business model that's quite broken. You know, that happens a lot. Um, or they're trying to do marketing in a way that doesn't align with them. 
or they're just exhausting themselves trying to put so much effort into the wrong things. And partly because that's what we've been taught. We've been taught to put effort into a lot of the wrong things like social media and marketing and all the hype that's out there. And we're not putting our efforts into the right things that will help us succeed. So it's, you know, it's really simple in a way. It's just that most people are looking in the wrong direction. It's so true. One of the things that you said at lunch where I just went, oh my God, that's so true. Um, and realize why instantly why my spin on it had been different and it was totally because of the industry I was in um, was around so to to backtrack for a second I um, did when I was doing virtual assistant work I was specializing in uh, website development and a little bit of graphic design and so one of the things that you said to me was that it's funny how people start their business and they work on that first when they've got no idea who they're marketing to or what their product is. And I thought to myself, oh, God, I've been pushing that sort of thing for years because that was my product. And now just from that lunch conversation, I've just completely flipped that around and I've said to so many people, stop, yeah, (laughs) stop, chill, chill, because you're going to have to redo it Um, and until you know who you're marketing to and exactly what the solution for them is, um, no wonder it's always been so hard. Because you're making mm. it for yourself and and not for the, the target market and it's not aligning. And, yeah, that's one of the messages that's out there is that you've got to have your website, you've got to have your brand, you've got to have your social media, but they're not the first. Yeah, and it drives me nuts because, you know, it's such an indoctrinated message. And so, so many people are out there spending thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. you know, to to have a beautiful website or the, an amazing Instagram account with all the best pictures and all these different things. And they don't understand the message. They have the wrong target market. They're not, they don't even have the right services and packaging. They don't have the right pricing. There's all these aspects that they've left out. And so nothing they do succeeds when they could have spent that money with a good business coach, they could have spent that money to really do some like real good validation and research Mm -hmm. to get the information they need to succeed long-term. And I think this is, it's just one of those epidemics. Um, And when I tell people that, you know, a lot of my clients can make up to 10,000, 15,000 a month without a website, they're like, no way, no way that can't happen because you don't need a website to do sales. No, that's right. That's right. I was actually saying to um, a group that I'm, I'm running at the moment last night that you don't have to be on social media. Um, you know, and they're like, well, how else am I going to do it? <laughs> and I'm like, well, you know, there's that whole thing called networking, the starters, you know, and because it's, it, social media just fast tracks that no like trust factor. But it also can provide a misconstrued sub-perception of what that no-like trust factor is. So that's why people do love to meet face-to-face. So Mm -hmm. relying entirely on social media and Facebook, sorry, social media and websites is not necessarily, you know, the angle to take. And one of the things you mentioned then is about spending their money on a good coach. We all know there's so many coaches out there who are not going to be a good fit Do you have any tips around finding a coach who actually knows their stuff? I mean, I know you do. Um, How would people be able to differentiate between someone like yourself and someone who has started their first business as a coach, coaching other people to run a business? 
Yeah, so it's so good. And yes, I do absolutely have some good advice. I think that the bottom line is you need to do your due diligence. I think the people who end up having a coach that's not coach that's not a good fit usually didn't do their due diligence. I think you know you've got to research them. You've got to really know what they're about. You've got to understand their values. It's not enough that they promise you something. You've got to really know who they are. Uh, I my rule of thumb is that if someone has been in, in their own business for at least five years running their own business, there should not be a business coach. And I think the reason why is because they just have not been through enough of the hardship of what it takes to actually get beyond the first two years of a business if they if they aren't still succeeding after five. So, you know, that's kind of my rule of thumb. And then in addition, they need to have coached a lot of other businesses. One of the sort of epidemics I see a lot in the coaching industry is that someone does something that works for them. They've got a one hit wonder and then they go out and they teach everybody their method. They don't really help that business succeed. They don't look at where that business is and what they need and want. They're just like, look, here's what works for me. I'm going to teach it to you. It's magic. And then not only does it not work for the business that they teach, but eventually the market gets flooded with that technique and it doesn't work on anybody anymore. And this is what I see time to So you want someone who's really had sort of the breadth of working with lots and lots of business owners so that you know that they can really, you know, reach you where you are. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And it's so true that you, if you haven't been in business for long enough, I, I want a coach who has stuffed up. I don't want a coach who's done everything and it's worked. I want a coach who has fallen flat on their face numerous times and gotten back up again. That's actually what I want in a coach um, yeah. because it's, it's all very nice and dandy to be coached by someone who doesn't know how it feels to fail. Yeah. And I think, you know, it goes into that transparency. Like, you know, one of the things I always tell people is listen to my podcast if you want to work with me, because you, you know, we talk about what's real. We talk about how business actually is, which is not always easy and not always glamorous and not always fun. And it's hard. Running a business is tough. And if you're not sort of being more realistic about it, it's going to be a struggle the whole way through. No one is sitting on the beach making millions of dollars anymore. That ship has sailed. There was a few people who did that a long time ago. I know, right? And there is no passive income either. So, you know, I love sort of, you know, being able to get real. I think you got to find someone who's really realistic, who's not painting just a pretty picture of how easy it is and how they can easily get you to a million dollars. Like that's just BS. And so I think that's really important. One of the other things I would say when you're looking for a coach as well is you want someone who specializes in your industry or at least in the kind of business you have. So for instance, I kind of separate them in terms of you've got service businesses, you've got product businesses, and you've got like, you know, online in businesses, which can be products or can be other things. But I think those are very different ball games. Yeah. So like for me, yeah, totally. Right. For me, I specialize in service businesses because products need a totally different business model. They have really small margins. The profit margin is hard. A product business, someone needs to understand distribution. They need to understand sort of the global repercussions of all of that. They really need to be savvy about what to do with a product business. Whereas I'm super savvy about service businesses. But if I was to take on a product business, I wouldn't serve them to my be- the best of my ability because it's not my area. So I think, you know, really finding someone whose lane is what you do is really important. Uh, spot on. I cannot coach someone in a product business. Uh, my, my best friend has a product business and I just, a hats off to her. I don't <laughs> get any of it. 
I don't get it. I don't want to get it. I am all about service-based. I'm all about virtual assistants. Um, you've got to, yeah, you've got to, you can't know everything about every type of business. They're all completely different. And, yeah, just the way that you budget it, the way that you plan ahead. I don't have to sit here worrying about stock numbers. I look at a cafe, for example, and I always just look at them and go, how do you know what to order? And how did you know how many cakes to make? And what's it costing you for every cake you didn't sell? Like I'm just... Absolutely. Yeah, it does my head in. And I just think I love that I don't know that because, yeah, because it's just such an awesome mystery. And I think you want someone who's owning their lane like that, right? Who's yeah. really owning, hey, this is mine, but I don't do everything. And, you know, you see this constantly in sort of like some of the Facebook groups I'm in where someone will be like, I need a coach. And then you have a hundred people going, I can help you. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I can help you. What is your business? What do you do? What do you need? Is it my specialty? I don't know. You know, so all these people who are just throwing out, I'm a coach and therefore I can help you. It's just not true. So you don't want someone like that. Yeah. <laughs> you can just go, sweet, not you, not you, not you, not you. I say that for VAs as well. I, I think that when someone says I need a VA and people pop up and go, I can help you, I think it's a really bad idea. Exactly the same reason because you, your services are too varied to possibly answer, I need a VA, can you help me? You know, yes. that's just ridiculous. And coaches are exactly the same. So. Exactly. And really all service businesses. And this is why, you know, for me, I'm really into working with service businesses because they're all really flooded industries at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, graphic designers, marketers, consultants, coaches, wellness practitioners, all of that, the, you know, sort of those business models I'm really good with, but part of it is because they're so flooded mm-hmm. and that requires a different method and a different thing. You have to specialize. You have to get really clear about what your lane is because there's just too many people in the field. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What about people who say, I got asked the other day um, about how this, the, the industries, various industries are flooded. How does somebody not get lost in that? Yeah, well, I I mean, there's a whole lot of ways in which I position people that I think helps them step out of that flooded marketplace. But I think the first thing is you have to be super, super specific with your target market. And almost everybody I know is way too broad. So whereas like, you know, two decades ago when I started working and, you know, had a branding agency and moved into coaching, like you could be like, you know, I'm targeting women in business. Like that was a target market. That is no longer a target market. Everyone is targeting women in business. Like, you know, so, so that target market is gone. And so you have to be really specific. Well, what kind of person are you targeting? What is the specific problem that they need solved that you can solve? Like you have to get specific, specific, specific. That's one really important way to stand out, I think, in a flooded marketplace because the customers are getting really savvy too. Like they're not, you know, just like, oh, someone's a business coach, therefore they can help me. They're looking for like, I want the person who can solve this specific problem I'm having. Mm -hmm. So they're getting really smart as well. And if you aren't getting specific, somebody else will be. Yeah. Yeah. And then a lot of people fear getting specific. They worry that if they're going to be specific, they're going to miss out on all of these other people, but it's quite the opposite, isn't it? 
It is exactly the opposite. And I always tell people in all the time, because I've worked with thousands of business, I have never found anyone too specific, not anyone. So, you know, like that's like never going to happen. But I also think there, you know, what people think is I'm going to miss out on opportunities, but what they don't realize is no amount of marketing will work for a broad target market. And then I, it, the other thing I have a lot of people tell me is, well, we'll look at like Nike or look at, you know, and I'm like, yes, they've got billions of dollars to put behind their advertising budget. If you've got billions of dollars, go for a broad target market. But if you're operating on a budget, go specific. Yeah. And each of their, their, you know, marketing campaigns is more specific than people realize anyway. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They are targeting the person who wants that shoe, who has the money for that shoe and will go out and buy that shoe. And they've figured out who that is. And and the whole point that we all feel like they're targeting us is that they've done it so well. Yes. So you can speak to your avatar and still speak to other people. You're just going to yes. resonate with the right person at the end of the day. Yes. So and I'm, that is the key. Yeah. yeah. It's the languaging. Because you, if you're talking to too many people, your languaging gets really watered down and it means nothing to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and, you know, you can go to a networking event. If you say the same thing to every person in the room, you're going to resonate with maybe one if you're lucky and the others will just be like, oh, that was a nice little spiel um, because you're not, yeah, it's you, you cannot possibly sell your service to every person in the room, even if you're selling chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm one of the evil ones in the room and be like, I can't have that. So, <laughs> so you know, there's always somebody there who's going to go, no, that's not for me. So, yeah. yeah and you but, want that. I mean, you know, we, we, you really want people that are not a good fit to know that they're not a good fit. And that's one of the things I teach about sales as well, you know, is that, you know, in my sales process and in the, you know, when I teach my clients sales as well, I tell them that if someone's not a good fit for you, you're not even going to offer them your product. You're not even going to tell them about your services because they're not a good fit. And that's authentic. And, you know, authentic sales and really when you're in integrity with yourself is when you can say, hey, I actually don't think I'm the best person for you. Mm. Like that. And people appreciate it because that's so um, not done in the world. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's just trying to you. They'll bend mm. their business around for people that they don't fit and then wonder why the hustle is such a massive hustle because they're yeah. having to recreate the wheel. They're having to bend what they've already made to fit someone who is not ideal for that product. And how exhausting is that? Nobody wins in that. Nobody wins. I mean, the client doesn't get served as well as they could because they weren't quite a good fit. You don't, you aren't able to sort of hold them at the capacity, you know, because you're, they weren't a good fit for you. It's just a, it's not a win-win for anyone. It waters down your business. They, a lot of people think, well, if I just take someone who's not a good fit, at least I'll get a testimonial from them. But the testimonial will never be good because it wasn't the right fit. They'll never bring in the right referrals because it wasn't a good fit. It's actually completely just not a win on any level. Yeah. You can't even get product like effective feedback from them because their feedback's not going to be relevant according you know to to what you're trying to build exactly. so crazy but it's such a hard lesson to learn yeah you know? and, and I think that's business I mean you know what we're it's one of the reasons why I prefer 
prefer to work with people once they've had a few years in business because, you know, those lessons that we have to learn about the truth about business, about how hard it is, about, you know, really having to stand our ground, like those are really, really important lessons. And they're what leads to that sustainability is that when we learn those lessons, we're able to not make the same mistakes. We're able to realize how important it is to take care of ourselves, how important it is to really care for our clients and to do what's best in the world by making sure we don't take on the wrong clients, by making sure that we, you know, set boundaries. I mean, these are all some of the lessons that you learn over time that are just so valuable, really. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't learn it without doing it really, can you? It's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. Like I try to, you know, like that's one of the benefits I think of having a coach is you try to accelerate your client's progress. You try to show them the pitfalls before they fall in. But, you know, a lot of it is learned through practice and experience. I think you you can, by being more aware, make, you know, less mistakes and less tough mistakes. But I think, know, ultimately it's about practicing and going through and skill building and falling and getting back up and falling and getting back up. And, you know, that's the real truth of being in business. And it's, it, what, it's what will lead to the most amazing experiences as well. Yeah. I think it's more, you know, less about avoid, I mean, you obviously want to avoid the obvious mistakes, the things that can be avoided, but you have to make some so that you're, you're growing. Um, I think having a, a coach, one, they can give you some of that guidance ahead of time, but they're there to help you get back up again and to say, it's okay, what have we learned from this? What's what's the benefit of this? And having someone there who can guide you through that is more important than hiding from the chance of having any kind of mistake happen. Oh, so true. And I think that's the piece. It's like, it's being able to get out there, practice, fall down, and also realize it's not that big a deal. Like, you know, I mean, you know, and that some of it is just coming to the awareness of, oh yeah, that's okay. It's okay to make a mistake. You don't have to be perfect. Business is not about being perfect. I mean, I remember doing a podcast on sort of professionalism. Like, what does that actually mean? And so many women equate being professional professional with being perfect, right? Not making mistakes, not looking, um, you know, not on their game, you know, like being able to sort of be at this place. It's not realistic. That's not really professional. That's, you know, trying to fit this perfectionism model and that's just not really possible. So we have to go out and try things. And if your business is growing, you will be stepping into areas that there's no way, you know, mm-hmm. you know, there will be unknowns, there will be risk taking, there will be things that you, you might fall, but then you just get back up and be like, okay, well that didn't work. So let's try something else. Yeah. Yeah, you're just growing a list of things. There's a really great quote out there. I can't think of it at the moment, but basically it's around how every time, um, I think it was a Thomas Edison quote around, he worked out something like, you know, 700 ways not to make a light bulb (laughs) before he worked out how to, you know, and, and that is, you've got to enjoy and learn, yeah, from, from each step, whether it's good, bad or ugly. And I think that's one of the main skills you need to have if you decide you do want to run with a business is just... Yes, perseverance. Yeah, yeah. And, and just, yeah, I think we, the industries are flooded with words like mindset and all that sort of thing at the moment, but it is so, the right sort of guidance around mindset is invaluable. It's so important in business because you, if you're approaching it from the wrong angles, it's going to hurt a lot. And you're not going to be able to heal yourself from that. 
Yeah. And I think mindset, it's like one of those things where I do, I teach a lot about mindset. I talk a lot about mindset, but it's also really frustrating word because I think a lot of people don't have any clue what they're talking about. It's like, Oh, I'll help you with mindset. But like really all mindset is, is the frame you're looking through. Like it's not complicated. It's not like this, you know, ethereal thing mindset. It really is just the frame you're looking through. That's it. And most of us are unaware of some of the frames that we're looking through. So, you know, what a good coach can do or what somebody in your life that can see those frameworks is they can help you reframe. And so, you know, I think that's the the beauty of it is that when we're sitting in some of the mindsets, it can sabotage, sabotage our experience or our success or it can get in the way of the way we're looking at something. But it's a lot about a reframe. I mean, sometimes it's about doing the internal work to integrate and sort of handle some of of the more unconscious stuff. But I don't think it's this sort of, uh, you know, ethereal thing that everybody kind of puts out there. Mindset. You know, (laughs) you've got to say like that. Mindset. You know, you and I, we say, we go mindset. (laughs) <laughs> That's right. You have the American yeah, the Canadian accent. I've got the Australian accent. <laughs> That's right. Straight up mindset. Yeah, yeah. And and if it's yeah, if it's approached the right way, because I mean, guaranteed, if someone does, at like I don't think you can fail in business, but if someone drops out of running a business, guaranteed, there's something to do with mindset involved. You know, because for whatever reason, they couldn't make it work. And it's not about failing as a person. It's about not finding a way, to, as you said, to reframe it and to to regroup. Um, and that to me, that's not a it's not a personal failure. It's it's just around not having the tools that you need, and your mindset is a tool to to make it work. It's pretty tough. Yeah, look, absolutely. And I actually find that sometimes there's sort of three categories I put business failure in. And when I'm working with someone or when I talk to them, I'm always looking at diagnosing which area or maybe all three of those areas aren't working. And so the first one is business structures. Like, you know, we, like mindset is really important and that's one of them, but also business structures. Like so many people have a failed business model, no matter what they put into their, you know, the effort and how much they change their mindset, their business model is going to fail. And so that's actually a really important thing. And not enough people focus on a business model when I, it's not a very sexy topic. I mean, like I always sort of test topics whenever I do masterminds or events. And so, you know, people love sales, they love marketing. But when I talk about business models, it falls flat. Like <laughs> You need to work with more VAs because I was talking about business models recently and I started it basically saying, look, I know this isn't exciting. And they're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> this is <laughs> best. <laughs> okay, so I've got the wrong target markets because they like business model is just not sexy. <laughs> and I think, you know, but it's so important, right? Like the yeah. ability to be able to see how to make money to understand where your effort is going to be, where your return is going to be, to understand that you have the right target market, the right services, the right packaging. All of that stuff is actually so important. So I see so many people sort of in that uphill battle because they work forever on their mindset and they work forever on their you know graphics and their images and their marketing, but they have a failed business model. So that's one area that I'm always looking to diagnose. But then I think there's mindset as well, right? So that's the second area. What is the framework of how we're looking at things? Um, you know, what do we need to shift inside ourselves? What are the internal blocks that we're hitting? You know, because so many women, especially, are sitting in sort of mindset stuff around value, around, you know, being afraid to put out pricing, like really 
good pricing, of being able to sort of step into how much they can give others. You know, sometimes there's still so much fear that it's boastful to talk about what you can do for people or how you can help them. And so I think, you know, especially in the sales process, you've got so much sort of mindset and sabotaging that happens. Uh, Like most of my clients come into my program and they're like, I hate sales. And I'm like, yeah, but not by the end of the program. And they come out, they're like, I love sales. (laughs) They're such a great reframe. So you can see them sometimes where they're like, you know, I'll notice if I have like, I have a public Facebook group. I'll notice that when I say, how does everyone feel about sales? It's all my clients going, I love sales. sales." (laughs) And I'm like, you can always tell where they are. And And everyone else is like, Exactly. And I think, you know, it's just because I reframe sales and I do it in a way that's authentic and it's a way that works better for women. So I think that's a really important piece. But then there's a third piece that I think often gets confused with mindset and that's alignment. Like really, especially for women, if we aren't aligned with our business, if we're not aligned with what we're creating, if we're not aligned with our sales process, then we're going to sabotage ourselves unconsciously because we're misaligned. And that's different than mindset. Mindset is more of the framework we're looking through, but alignment is more about, you know, does it feel in, you know, congruent with who we are are not congruent and so much of the business world is incongruent with the majority of us mm. which is why I talk a lot about sort of a, a really important way to reframe business and more of a feminine model yeah and I, I think you might have said in one of your podcasts around how people are um there were two things actually see I have been stalking you there's yeah. um <laughs> for those of you who don't know it's um women in the business arena podcast it's really good and um there was it's around you know people are selling this solution and people you know they're not that that solution is not aligned and those steps are not aligned with, with the people who are buying into them. So they can't possibly succeed on that model because it's not aligned. And it has to be aligned. We, it's so important to us. If you're doing stuff, I've been told by coaches in the past, you need to do this, you need to do that, and it feels off. And I go, it's just not going to happen because I can't do it authentically and I don't, I don't believe in it enough. And maybe there's a block, I don't know, but if it's not aligned right now, it's not going to work. So, and the other thing, I ended up writing a post-it note on my, my desk. I think my daughter, no, no, here it is. Here it is. Look at this. Can you see that? Try on your vision to see how it yeah. feels. That yeah, is good. Yeah. yeah. Around, you know, planning for the future and feeling and sitting there and sitting in that moment and thinking about how it feels. Can I get you to sort of elaborate on that? Because you'd be able to explain that a lot better than I could. Yeah. Look, I think so often, you know, we're trying to plan our future as women, like in our business future and our goals. We're trying to plan it from our head, you know, from an idea we have. So, so many women come to me and they're like, I want to make this much money. I want to have freedom. But okay, well, what does that all mean to you? Like, because I want to actually know what your real desire is. Like, what does it feel like? What do you want to feel? And so, you know, the majority of women that come to me, they want to feel freedom, right? That's what they want to feel. And yet they don't realize the business model they have, the making money, you know, they think more money is going to equal more freedom, but oftentimes it doesn't. Mm. You know, more clients equals more money, which equals more freedom. Oftentimes it doesn't. And so if, you, if you're not clear about what you actually want to feel, it's really hard to make decisions in your life and business about the right kind of business model, the right kind of pricing, the right kind of clientele, what your goals are. So the way that I always tell people to do it is try it on. 
like spend some time actually feeling into it, sit, sitting with yourself. Like it has to be done in a quiet space. It can't be done from force, but you know, it's like that place where you can you sit outside, you know, you can walk around, have a walk. Those are always great places to do it and actually try on a future vision. What does it feel like if I had 20 clients? Ooh, like that doesn't feel free. That feels like I have a lot of obligation. Okay, so maybe I don't want that. What does it feel like if I'm making this much money, but I have like, I'm only working three days a week. Ooh, that feels pretty good. So, you know, you can start to sort of try things on and feel what they feel like to you. The feel sense is a lot more accurate than our mind is because our mind is a bunch of concepts. It's a bunch of ideas. A lot of people have like, you know, indoctrinated us with, you know, say the million dollar thing, which is constantly what I see in the world, like make a million dollars. But you guys have no idea how hard it is to make a million dollars. Like I've seen behind the businesses of so many millionaires. And first of all, the majority of them are not actually bringing home even close to what some of my $20,000 clients a month, are ah. like you know, because they're so much of their expenses are actually going in it. So I know millionaires who are bringing home five thousand a month, right? So you know, not really, yeah. You know, and they're working their bums off. You know, they've got you know so much investment. They're working full time. They got all this effort in. They got all these moving parts. One part breaks down, and their whole business like falls. So you know, there's so much illusion and concepts around what we want to create. When really we need to get honest about actually what do I want to feel? What do I want to experience? You know, is it freedom? Is it stability? Because that looks very different as well. You know, the more I'm trying to create, the more unstable it becomes. And so stability can look, you know, somewhere in between. Um, so those become really important when you're looking to sort of try on what you want to experience. Mm. Oh, I love that. It is spot on. It is so spot on. And uh, that whole thing where, where when people are constantly focused on um, telling everybody else what they need, what their, their dreams should be, um, is, you know, it's usually an alarm bell for me. It's, I, I, I want to, I want someone who's going to help me work out what my dreams are, my dreams, not their dreams, my dreams. And it sounds like that's something that you're quite good at. And you've also got some superpowers around business. You've touched on them around, you know, finding what the, uh, the, um, little broken bits are and the gaps are. So, so how, how have you found out, you know, over time, how did you discover that you had these superpowers? Yeah. Look, I think my superpowers are around discerning. So being able to sort of diagnose and discern where things are and then being able to kind of pull out people's genius. I think those are sort of like the two areas and they're all sort of around what I would call discernment. You know, I don't know. I, I guess, you know, we all sort of have what I call an impulse. So this is, you know, when I've done a lot of work on sort of uh, life purpose, I think a lot of people kind of think, oh, life purpose. I was born to be a coach or I was born to be a teacher or, you know, whatever it is. And to me, that's not life purpose. Like we're born with an impulse and that impulse is undefined. Like it is a, it's some kind of pull towards something. And so that's why oftentimes when I'm helping someone explore what their gift is or, you know, how to define it, I might go back to their childhood because often, you know, we can look at what did we love in childhood? What, what are we, what were we naturally inclined to? And so for me, I always loved people's psychology, right? Like even from the time I was a child, I was always like, watching people, trying to understand them and, you know, look at them and what were they thinking and how was that feeling and why was that, you know, I was trying to always like get into their mind. And that was really fascinating. 
And so, you know, I don't know. So I think my impulse has always been to understand humanity, to understand how we operate and how we work. And, and that's led to a bunch of skill building over the years where I've learned to feel beyond the surface, right? So, you know, so often I think we're all operating on the surface. And when you ask a question, I might tell you what's on my surface. You know, I might tell you like, here's what I'm thinking, or here's what my sort of first layer is, but it's the second or third layers that are always really interesting. And I just got good at being able to, you know, kind of pick around those things. And, and what I, I often call it splitting hairs, you know, to be able to say, okay, so you desire that, but but let's split a hair on that. Like, <laughs> what is it specifically? Um, because I think a lot of us generalize things. Like, so if you ask someone, say, you know, what do you want to create? They're like, oh, I want to create, you know, stable business. I'm like, okay, cool. So tell me a little bit more about that. Mm-hmm. And then you start to dig down and you realize, ah, it's actually this piece thereafter. And sometimes that piece is really pure. It's something they want. Sometimes it's a resistance from something they don't want. Mm -hmm. And so you're able to get more clear about where someone's at. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's something I've worked with consciously for a long time now. And I just love being able to, to help people, you know, get clearer about who they are and what they want to bring to the world. So exciting. That's yeah. I I just, I I love, yeah. I'm I'm the sort of person too, who just, you know, goes, yeah, but why, but why, but why? Because it's so important. It is, because you want to know why. Like at the end of the day, as you said, we're so indoctrinated in so many areas. Uh, people don't stop and think, why do I think this particular way? Um, and when they're asked and not being asked before, and I go, I don't know why. <laughs> and that's okay. That's okay. So long as we start exploring, you know, what, what the, the foundations are that things have come from. Do you find that people get scared about coming in and, and doing that? sort of thing with you to, to actually sit there and go, okay, split my hairs. <laughs> no, cause I don't think it's, it's sort of a byproduct of the work I do. Like it's not, no one sort of comes in and they're like, okay, let's go into analysis, you know? So it doesn't really work like that. I think that through the process of working with me, they're really excited to get to kind of the bottom line, like who should I serve or, you know, what is my talent? I think a lot of people are doing things outside their lane. And so, you know, I'm really a big advocate for figuring out what's your gift and expertise that you can really stay in a very concentrated lane with because that will obviously make you stand out. You'll be more fulfilled. Your clients will get better results. Like it's so good to stay in your lane. And so, you know, I often have to kind of discern when I'm working with someone to figure out their lane, we'll have to dig into some of that because so often they're doing things that they're like, yeah, this isn't my lane. And I'm like, is it? You know, and then we have to sort of like get really clear because there's so many things we've trained ourselves to be good at. Um, but it's still exhausting to us and it still, it doesn't fulfill us and yeah, we can do it, but how long does it last? And this is sort of the way that I see business in general is that if we aren't doing everything that is the least effort for us, we're going to eventually get to exhaustion. So it doesn't mean we're not going to put any effort into our business. I mean, we all work hard. That's important. But if I'm doing everything that I love, if I'm doing more of the things that enliven me versus exhaust me, the more sustainable my business is. Ah, spot on. Yeah. Now we are spinning and we're running out of time for our session today. I could talk to you all day. I know, you too. (laughs) If anyone wants to connect with you and learn more, where should they go? 
You can definitely go to my website, sonyastatman.com. You can find me on Facebook, Sonia Statman or LinkedIn. Um, and definitely, definitely you can listen to my podcast, Women in the Business Arena. Beautiful. And we'll include those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us today. I think people are going to absolutely love what they've heard and start really thinking about those, you know, those blocks that they've got and, and hopefully will view the start of their business adventure, especially in a little bit of a different perspective. So thank you. I love it. Thank you for having me here. My pleasure. My pleasure. Hey, 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 thank you for listening to the Virtually Yours podcast, Outsourcing Mysteries Exposed. Between now and our next session, I know you're going to be hanging out to take some action on outsourcing in your business. So head on over to virtuallyyours.com.au and you can download some information there about the best ways to outsource for business growth. If you're a virtual assistant, make sure you join us. We have an amazing virtual assistant community at Virtually Yours, Aussie VAs connecting and helping each other grow. Have a fantastic day and I'll see you at the next podcast.